welcome to the Hurricane Labs podcast. I'm Heather, and today we are going to be wrapping up our talk about diversity in InfoSec, this time focusing on what companies can do to more effectively address the roadblocks to improved diversity and inclusion. Now, if you haven't had a chance yet, be sure to check out parts one and two of this series. And before we dive back in, I do want to say that we are going to be tackling this talk from our own perspectives, and they are not representative of everyone's experiences. This chat reflects our own personal ideologies and opinions. And as always, we welcome conversation about our content. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Hurricane Labs or to me directly at Curious underscore words. We'll go ahead and continue our talk with Roxy, Meredith, Asia, and Ryan about how companies can tap into the potential having a diverse group of employees provides, uh, tackling first the concept of culture fit. So how do companies achieve getting people who will work well with their company and work well in the position without then also using phrasing, using mentalities, that create a disclusive environment? How, do, how would a company see, go about doing that? My answer to that is that they, they need to throw away all their ideas and concepts around what is a culture fit because if they focus too much on finding people that really go well with the team, they focus too much on that, they're going to just be hiring the same people over and over. Sometimes you need a disruptor in order to improve your procedures and processes and the things that you do at a company. Yeah, I absolutely agree with what Roxy just said. Um, I, f- I really feel like when speaking and considering culture fits in companies, it's really important that the company also kind of do some, like just kind of some internal evaluation of, okay, well, what are we doing culture-wise? How do we operate as a company? And, you know, are, are we functioning as well as we could? And in hiring, are we making the best decisions for the company by trying to hire people that fit within our, our culture? Because I feel like progress doesn't come by doing more of the same and I think that's a, a big a big thing to look at when speaking about, you know, diversity and inclusion, how important it is to really look at the people that you're hiring and not count them out because they are different than the things that you're currently used to in your company. For example, when I was brought on to Hurricane Labs, I came from a university setting, so extremely structured. Um And the processes that I followed were processes that had been in place for years and years. So it wasn't a lot of of room for innovation and ad hoc anything. In the cybersecurity industry, everything is kind of like, everything's always changing. There's always, you know, things that need to be done, things that are happening. And it's very much, you know, everybody's thinking on their toes and being, you know, the best person for the situation at the time. Whereas that structure can, I feel like, be a little bit lacking and, if they had, or if, you know, Hurricane Labs, when they were hiring for a project manager, had saw me and my work background and said, you know, she comes from a university, you know, she, that's not going to be a culture fit here because we, that's project management like that is not what we're used to. They, we probably wouldn't have had like the little bit of success that we have 
had in the projects that I've worked on because the big thing that I'm doing here is coming in and, you know, really examining the things that we're working on and setting up those processes and, you know, procedures and just, you know, working with everybody to pick their brains of what's working and what's not working and what, you know, what can we get in order. But if they did not want somebody to come and kind of like shake things up and pick brains, I probably would have been out of here like, you know, within the first month, because I was definitely doing a lot of like brain picking and well, why do we do that? Well, let's try it this way, you know? Um, so I just think that's really important in hiring and making sure that you have a diverse skill set and, and thought background. I love what you said about um, you don't make progress if you just keep doing more of the same. That was really on point. You know, one of the things that we talked about in a previous episode was how when companies are putting out, you know, they're wanting to fill a position and they have a posting and they aren't getting a diverse applicant pool, you know, they need to really sort of like question their public persona, but their other uh, company's public perception. What can companies do in your opinions, uh, to sort of start changing that public perception, just to even, uh, you know, help increase the diversity of their job applicant pool. It wouldn't have to be just the leaders and executives, it would also be whoever's in charge of like outwardly talking out to the outside the, the business or corporation, like, you know, are, are they portraying diversity and inclusion? So I guess like, uh, Ryan, what you're saying is like reaching out with the community and like, actually like engaging with what the community is saying and being of like accessible what other sort of things can companies do to change their public perception if they are apparently being you know if they are being perceived in a way that is resulting in that lower diversity pool one of the things that i enjoy about working at hurricane labs is uh, the culture here you know fosters this culture of, uh, you know, you can, if there's an issue or if there's a problem, you know, you, you shouldn't, you know, feel afraid to, you know, speak up and very open. I've been told by uh, my team lead to, you know, if there's any, any problems, if there's any issues, please feel free to come to me anytime, no matter what. Um, you know, I, I feel welcome, heard, I uh, feel respected um, when it comes to things that I have to say. And I would, and I, I'm, you know, I think for uh, any other company as well as our own, like you would want to make sure that that exact uh, respect and uh, welcoming and, and uh, the ability to be heard like that, we would want that as well. If you if you can just kind of exemplify that, not only just like you're not just talking about, it, you're not advertising it, you know, on like a Twitter ad or something or a Twitter post, you're, you're also doing it internally and other people are talking about it because, you know, people will brag about it. People will, will suggest, you know, like, hey, we have an open position. Can you come? This place is very inclusive. Yeah, you know, you're right. You know, that word of mouth is super powerful when it comes to public perception. What other things can companies do to help, uh, you know, improve the way uh, they, you know, the way they support these communities? So if you're queer, you may have different um, needs as far as benefits go as well. If you have different healthcare needs or you have different, you know, scheduling needs or something, and you should feel safe and okay to be able to mention, you know, or, or ask for different benefits. And for the company to actually have the benefits, that's, that's the important part too. 
to yeah. have, you know, <laughs> to actually have, you know, parental leave benefits or trans health care benefits or things, things like that, that queer families might need. Nothing says we support diverse communities, like actually offering real tangible supports for yes. diverse communities. Uh, Ryan, I like the phrasing that you used when you and I were speaking earlier about closing the doors and windows. Did you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, it's just first, I said door at first because door is like a person, you know, you obviously walk through it, but you know, not everybody arrives at a destination the same way as everybody else. So like the window part, I guess you could say, and if you want to put this in there too, is like the window, the window is the ability for you to see outside of your business, but also there's people looking in. So like, what are, what are the things that they're seeing? What are there diverse groups of people that are working within, you know, your business? Are there, you know, is there, is there a diverse culture that's able to like actually be seen and heard and, and felt by, you know, not only people internally, but also outwardly as well? Like, is that the perception or persona that you're trying to show? First podcast, I think Meredith brought up the, the organization that was all about diversity and then turned out their actions didn't follow up with what they were saying. So yeah, that's survey. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, yeah, I was actually going to bring up that as well. Um, you know, you're talking about windows and being able to see outside you and like using surveys and, you know, like, like you said earlier about like communicating, you know, via Twitter or whatever uh, with the community that your, you know, your company reaches out to, you know, you know, actually being able to communicate back and forth with them. But you have to be careful as uh, Meredith, what, uh, what was the survey again? I'll refresh my memory. Yeah, it was a survey about women in technology and why they felt that there were specific barriers, but the way that the survey was worded, it essentially became, what are the things preventing you from joining the security workforce? And it was, women aren't qualified to do this job, women don't know enough, and there was a third one that's currently escaping me, but I'll go hunt it down. It was like, um, where they aren't encouraged enough, perhaps? Yeah, something really asinine and yeah right 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 rubbed the wrong way that's something businesses need to look out for is when people are looking into the windows as ryan was saying what are they seeing and does it match your values on diversity what about uh do we want to talk about pay inequalities while we're talking about what companies can do and uh, how diversity of companies is impacted uh, by their decisions yeah, sure. I can touch on that because I've got an interesting story to give. Excellent. So back when I was still a full-time college student and shopping around for both internships and full-time places of employment, I learned pretty quickly on, I think I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I took my first name off my resume after having been burned a few times. And one particular instance stood out to me where a company in the area which I am from chose to look at my resume the first time as a female and provide an offer of an unpaid internship even though they were advertising a $17 an hour internship in cybersecurity and I far surpassed their minimum requirements and they wanted to speak to me 
And one of the things that they mentioned in my first interview was we're not really looking for somebody like you, you know, a female who really needs her hand held and is just trying to, you know, get some guidance and support. And I was like, (laughs) all right. I don't think this company is the fit for me either, especially after they sent the offer of an unpaid internship via email. I chose to respond with a list of my qualifications and said, I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to be declining this as I'm going to search for a better offer. They made the comment that I likely would not be receiving a better offer anytime soon, and we just left it at that. My university holds a large career day once a year before the pandemic, of course, where you could just drop your resume off or go speak to recruiters, I guess is probably the best word for that company. And I chose to just leave my new resume that had my first name taken off and merely had my list of qualifications. And lo and behold, within three weeks, I had received an offer for the internship at full pay. And I chose to turn them down. From the same, from, from the same place? From the same place. And I chose to turn them down by forwarding that email to the email that they knew from before and attaching it to the previous thread. It's very interesting to me that not only does the gender pay gap exist in areas where people are just trying to learn and there isn't, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at stake, but all the way low, all the way down to, you know, the internships. It's like some companies' management has have a difficult time believing in your qualifications, especially if you're from an underrepresented group. Yeah, companies really need to understand that if you hire someone for a certain skill set, they have that skill set. <laughs> like, just believe them. If you put someone, you know, they expect them to do their job, and then they have lied about their skills, well, you're, it's going to be pretty apparent pretty quickly if they didn't have those skills to begin with. Like, it's not that people don't have the propensity to be dishonest about it, but if they're doing the job, if they're, if they're able to do what you hired them to do, why shouldn't they be compensated properly regardless of gender or race or background? Like, if they're doing the task that you need done, I, that should be enough. A good thing to do for companies to do is not just look at how much people are making, but are they at the correct level for their experience? Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is look at your interview process, because even though I could come into an interview and say, I have experience with this WAF, the way that they ask the question could be intentionally done to stump me. You know, and then they go, oh, you just don't know what you're talking about clearly because you don't know what we're asking. Having a look at the interview process and making sure the questions are asked correctly, all acronyms are explained. There, there are ways in the interview process that, and it could be just one person. It may not be the entire, you know, entire team or everyone that's interviewing. It could be just one person that's, that's doing it intentionally. You know, the um, the experiences that Meredith shared a little bit ago, that makes me really wonder about the company's uh, anti-discrimination policies. What can companies do to sort of address these issues in a way that actually makes anti-discrimination policies effective? They have to actually enforce them. Like I can have a policy, but if I don't investigate 
if it's being followed and I don't enforce it, then it's worthless. That's such a concise and common sense <laughs> answer that it. we have nothing else to follow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but and you're you right. Can, and, and you can also put in the policy what the consequences are and actually follow through with them. Just being clear about what the expectations are and like you said, follow through. Uh, I mean, that's really a lot of the issue is the follow through. Right. Like if, if I'm a, a director and I never attend an interview, then I'm not going to know the types of questions that they're asking. So you have to be involved and you have to investigate. And if you're not sure about something, if you're not sure if something is discriminatory or not, ask someone. There are professionals that can tell you, you know, and hopefully your company has someone that can help you with that. I think one thing that's very important when thinking about diversity and inclusion is just kind of eliminating those barriers to entry for diverse candidates. So I know when I was on my job search, you know, journey, there were quite a few companies that I had applied with and probably because I was using like a diversified tech job board. So they would have all of these things, but, um, where on the the actual job posting, they had just language like, um, you know, don't be intimidated by our listing. Still apply if you feel like that you could, you know, you would do a good job. Still apply if you think that your skill set would be a benefit to our company. Or at the bottom of the posting, they would say, uh, does this job not fit your exact skill set? Still use this link to submit your resume because we'd love to, you know, learn more about you. You know, those kind of things um, within just the cybersecurity industry, I think would be very helpful because um, a lot of the time I feel that um, diverse candidates, so your, your minority candidates don't have that, you know, formalized background in cybersecurity or in tech. So a lot of the times they're coming from different industries and they're not entirely confident in their abilities just yet. They're not, they don't have all of the networking and just everything else that others may have had to transition into the industry or, you know, to start off in the industry. So it's just very important to create like an inclusive and welcoming environment from the beginning and onset of the, whatever you're seeing from the company. So I think that was really helpful when I was applying for different positions. Um, and then the other thing that... I just thought about was how I've noticed in a lot of jobs, when you apply, you're automatically sent like that, that screening of complete this assignment or record a short video about yourself and submit it. Um, just like all of these barriers, which are of course in place to help the, I'm, I'm guessing like the hiring manager sort through qualified people or not, but you're definitely losing qualified candidates by doing that because it's one, it's intimidating. And then two, if I have a full-time job and I'm also applying for jobs, which is a full-time job in itself, I don't have time to do five of these things. I feel like there needs to be some type of language and applications like that, that kind of say, you know, this is what we require, but in the event that you don't have the capacity to complete this assignment, please, here's our HR, reach out to them, send your resume directly, and we will review and reach out to you if we'd like to interview. Just something to kind of bypass those barriers that prevent good candidates from coming on. And that's all for today. 
Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for next time when we start our two-part series on security, starting with physical security, weaknesses, and hardening. Until then, stay safe.